Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Crazy week it has been for professional wrestling. Because obviously AEW Dynamite got moved to Saturday, hence why we're doing it on a Sunday. Before then we had a mega smackdown, and we had the Rampage buy, and we had Rampage itself. Somebody needs to go to sleep soon, and it's you. I've been talking to your mother. Also, it's me, because my name is Simon Miller. Welcome to What Culture Wrestling. And yes, let's wrap up the last seven days by taking the finger of power and giving the good bits an up and the bad bits are down with the latest episode of AEW Dynamite. CM Punk started things off this week by coming out for commentary. And I tell you, when he is done wrestling and he wants to hang up those boots, he should do it all the time. He's very good at it. Especially happy CM Punk. He makes me feel all warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. And we cut to the ring for our first match. And it was Malachi Black versus Dante Martin. These two kicked each other's asses. But the one thing I want to focus on more than anything is when Malachi Black would just grab Dante Martin out of midair and throw him straight to hell. Now, I don't understand how anybody can throw someone straight to hell, but let's face it, you go through every single person in the pro wrestling world, and I said to you, oh man, who do you think would live in hell? You would pick Malachi Black. We've all seen his terrifying entrance mask. He also followed all this up with a single leg Boston Crab onto Dante, and this was really smart of Black, who proved he had a brain. Because he thought, well, if this guy doesn't have any legs, he can't do any of his high-flying arsenal, and I probably definitely will win. And he was right. Dante was still somehow able to fight back. And it was at this stage I realized I had misspoke. Because I had said only Darby Allen and Montez Ford should be doing dives in the world of pro wrestling because they're so good. But I really should have added Dante Martin to that list. He did a dive here. I sat there on my couch and I just went, ha, 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 Because it was so ridiculous. I was still able to cut him off with this German suplex. Although Dante was then coming back with a Hurricane Rana. But he wasn't able to capitalize on this properly because, again, he didn't have any lower limbs selling. He then smashed out a bunch of moves, but you know Malachi is a bit crazy-wazy, so he was able to resist it when he went back into that single-leg crab. Now, I can only guess that his midsection had been injured when Dante was going, oh, I'm going to jump here, I'm going to jump there, because he had to let go of it because he was like, oh, no, I don't feel so well. So instead, he just booted Dante Martin right in the face. And he got the one, two, three. So I tell you, Malachi Black is already a star. Dante Martin is well on his way to becoming one, two. We also had a follow-up storyline later on in the evening. 
So this is getting it up. Kenny Omega, Adam Cole, and the Young Bucks are also just wonderful assholes, aren't they? Because we cut to the back, and there was the Jurassic Express saying, oh, we're a bit beat up at the moment because of things that have happened recently. When the Elite turned up, they whooped their ass yet again, including throwing Luchasaurus through a table. So now we think they're even bigger dicks, and I assume that eventually we're going to get Matt and Nick Jackson taking on Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. And also, the poor dinosaur. Shouldn't we be treating him with more respect? His entire species were wiped out billions ago, and here we are, damn humans, trying to do it again. The internet will then be pleased because the Inner Circle came out as a group. And every now and then, people are like, I don't like the fact the Inner Circle don't hang out 100% of the time. But you need to probably go and chat to your friends. If this is how you approach life, trust me, at least one day they're like, oh man, he's coming round again. Why can't I just have a break? Dan Lambert soon interrupted all of his guys and he called them a circle jerk, which made me laugh because I'm massively immature. And the whole point of this was for Chris Jericho to tell American Top Team, no more of these two-on-one assaults, no more of these group beatings up. I want to do a five-on-five match. I just put my hands up and like, yes, please, because this probably means on Dan Lambert's side is going to be Jorge Masvidal and Junior Dos Santos teaming up in a pro wrestling ring. And as I always say, and as I will always continue to say, what timeline am I in? There was some pushback by Dan, and next week he's going to announce what his terms will be. So that will be interesting, especially because Sammy Guevara was like, man, I'm going to whoop everybody's ass. And Scorpio Sky was like, hey, Jericho, remember when I beat you twice? So I am massively intrigued about this. It's nothing overly complicated. As always, it's very simple. Up. And then, well, AEW had a little bit of a surprise I mean, who saw this coming? For you see, all week Andrade had been telling all of us he has a couple of friends that were going to take on the Lucha Brothers for the AAA Tag Team titles. And I saw some rumours out there, especially the Authors of Pain. I thought, well, that would be pretty cool. But as it turns out, it was a random Lucha pairing nobody had ever heard of. Because out came Lost Superanas. And thankfully, very quickly, CM Punk was like, wait a minute, that ain't no Luchador tag team. That is absolute FTR. Even though, yes, we have to call a spade a spade. They were dressed up like frogs. I mean, it really was some of the most ridiculous outfits you've ever seen. And of course, they tried to rip off the masks of Pentra and Phoenix. And eventually the tag team champions switched that around. They ripped off theirs and it was Cash and it was Dax. They were just like, oh, well, now we've got to beat you up. And I've seen a few people go, oh, well, this was really stupid. And yes, that was entirely the point. It was like going back to the attitude here where ended Christian with the Los Conquistadors. But also, this match was flubbing great. I love when you take sort of high flying and you mix it with somebody else's power ground game because you just come up with this fantastic recipe that if I was having a dinner party, I would serve. All the other chat too is coming from the finish because yes, Tully Blanchard ran out here. He distracted the referee. That allowed Dax to hit Phoenix with the title. Then FTR beat him up a little more and they pinned him for the three, meaning on this random episode of Saturday Night AEW Dynamite, We've got brand new AAA Tag Team Champions. So sure, if you want to sit there and go, I can't believe that happened, I am so mad, you should be doing that. It's called suspending your disbelief. Who are bigger dicks in AEW than Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood? Because they walk around like, oh man, we're the best professional wrestlers we can do ever. But they're always cheating. They're bad guys. That's what they're meant to do. I didn't think we were going to do a title change, so it made me react. You can't get mad at that, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you can do. You can do whatever you want. It's your life. I am not going to tell you otherwise. But my show is getting up. I also really like this partnership between Leo Rush 
and Dante Martin. Because we cut to the back and Leo was like, oh, Dante, how could you lose to Malachi Black? <laughs> Seriously, Leo Rush, you've seen Malachi Black. He got something wrong upstairs. He's a terrifying person. But don't worry, because this had to happen in order for us to get to this solution, which is you're going to have a brand new tag team partner and his name is... Leo Rush. Rush is so good in this role too, I'm really pleased that AEW did bring him back. And of course now all you need to do is have these two as a tag team for a little while, then Darius can come back from his injury, the whole time Rush can be a secret asshole to Dante, and it will just be a lovely moment all around. And fair play to AEW too, because we had another backstage skit after this, when we saw Andrade and FTR going, oh we did it, we are the best, when MJF walked up and demanded payment because he had basically hired out his goons for Andrade's plan. Maxwell also told him that was that, it was a one and done, and I love small touches like this. It fills in all the plot holes. Have you ever driven on a road with plot holes? Really pisses you off. We then get to the most intriguing part of the evening, because John Moxley destroyed Wheeler Yuta. When I say destroyed, I absolutely mean destroyed. To the point I just said it three times. This was super squash stuff. Mox got in there. He was really angry. He hit Wheeler with every single thing he had in his arsenal. Finished him off with a paradigm shift. To the point I was like, well, I guess Wheeler Ruta is about to kick out. But he didn't. And within 45 seconds, he was dead. Now here is the thing. I have a feeling deep down in my tootsie toes that John Moxley may be about to go through some kind of character transformation. And dare I say it, maybe even go heel. And if he is doing that, I don't want one of these situations where he just marches out to the ring one day and says, I am the bad guy now, please boo me. No, I want, again, these little things that make me go, what are you doing, John Moxley? I can't believe you would do such a dastardly thing. Even though really, he did just beat a dude in a match. But there was more here too, because Orange Cassidy and a bunch of AEW officials had to check on Wheeler afterwards. Like, oh no, he got beaten up so badly. So this is a wait and see situation. I need to see how it's going to play out, but don't worry, I don't forget, I'm not WWE. So we will revisit this when we know, and then I shall give it the up and down. This is basically my version of a cliffhanger. This is all kind of the same for Serena D too, although this one is far more obvious, because recently she went out to Sheeda and she broke a trophy over her head. But Tony Schiavone was talking to her here and saying, what is the deal with your attitude? And Serena was like, oh, well, now it's time to raise the women's division to my level, when thankfully Sheeda did turn up and beat the hell out of her, because you would. Imagine I found you and I broke a glass over your head. You wouldn't ring me the next day and say, hey, Simon, do you want to come out for pizza? If you did, you'd have some serious problems. You would probably come to my house and kick me in the balls. So I'm pleased this feud is going to continue, and I really like CM Punk's quip here, because he said, well, look at that lovely head of hair on Serena Deeb. If you know, you know. If you don't know, well, you haven't been watching wrestling that long, which is totally fine. What a genius idea AEW then came up with. Because it was the Super Click versus the Dark Order that had been announced on Rampage, and all of these guys went out there and had such a fun and such an entertaining match that I am desperate for some trios titles. Like, it's good without them, but if you introduce that extra level of, oh my gosh, who's going to win? I would probably try and do a backflip. Seriously, if you like fun in your life, go watch this. I mean, even though Cold and the Bucks attacked the Dark Order beforehand, it still ended with John Silver running wild and just kicking the crap out of everybody to the point you just go, man, I love this guy. Once again, ready for it? Fun. Matt Jackson eventually cut him off with a super kick as Adam Cole and Nick Jackson did the same to Evil Owner and Sue Grayson. But eventually we built to Evil Uno's hot tag and I think this was the best time in my life and I was just watching it on TV. Because he was taking off people's shoes, he was using the referee for assistance and then he just pulled Mr. Socko out of his pants and he started applying the mandible claw. The fans lost their mind when this happened and I was just enjoying it too. 
Evil Uno is an underrated gem. This somehow got even better too because Adam Cole was able to come back in Clearhouse when he stuck his face out, waiting for the Young Bucks to kiss him. But by this stage, John Silver and Alex Reynolds had taken them out, so they kissed Adam instead. <laughs> his facial expression, he was so disgusted. Like, I never agreed this with you, leave me be. There was then a ton of near falls for the Dark Order, especially one after the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment that almost got me. But sadly for Reynolds, well, he found himself in a very bad wrestling math situation. Because not only did he get super kicked, not only did he get Panama Sunrise, not only did he get BTE triggered, but he also got hit by Adam Cole's boom. So yeah, of course they pinned him for the one, two, three. He was probably dead in wrestling terms. The fallout to this took it to a whole new level though, because Jungle Boy ran out to get some kind of revenge for what happened earlier, but now he's got a brand new edge. I don't mean edge the wrestler, that would be weird, but he got a steel chair, he smashed the crap out of Brandon Cutler, and he applied the snare trap while spraying that cold spray stuff right in his face. Of course, man, Nick Jackson and Adam Cole ran away because they only care about themselves. And once again, I was sat down. I was like, wow, that Jungle Boy, he's a bit of a badass, especially because he was wearing a leather jacket. Now, that sounds silly, but it was just a great look for the guy. And all of a sudden, like I say, he's got a brand new edge. Now, I'm laughing because I keep thinking he came out with edge. He didn't. This entire segment was very well done. I absolutely love these Arn Anderson, Cody Rhodes vignettes too. I mean, they are proper bonkers and they are proper crazy, but my word am I plugged in. Up. This time, Cody and Arn went to the Nightmare Factory wrestling training school because Arn Anderson has always wanted to treat Cody a lesson. Right down to Red Velvet, who was one of the trainees being there, all like, oh, Mr. Hollywood, you're a piece of trash and she slapped him right round the face. Cody then had to take on all five at once for some reason, because the Aunt Anderson had seen the latest James Bond movie, but of course the whole point of this is that they are trying to rebuild Cody Rhodes so he can take on Malachi Black and finally win. We were even making Dusty Rhodes references here. Like I said, it just works, it just makes sense, and I really like it. MJF was then on his way out to the ring, and you know the deal, as much as it pains us to say, anytime Maxwell Jacob Friedman does any of this kind of stuff, it gets it up. He started by mocking the Florida crowd by talking to them in Spanish and then pretended he was going to have his big match with Darby Allen. But we all knew this wasn't going to happen because last week the Pinnacle had tried to murder him too. There's a lot of death in wrestling in 2021, but they had picked him up and thrown him into some concrete. MJF continued to play dumb though as Wardlow brought a referee out to the ring. He was like, look, we were meant to have a match, Mr. Referee. You better start counting to 10. So the ref went one, the ref went two, the ref went three, the ref went four, the ref went five. There's no need for me to do this. The ref went six, the ref went seven, the ref went eight, the ref went nine, the ref. But before we got to 10, oh my gosh, the lights went out, Sting's music hit, and I think I had some kind of aneurysm. This was just so satisfying. The piece of shib MJF then shoved Wardlow into Sting, who beat him up with the bat. And of course, when Maxwell pretended he was going to fight the Stinger, he just ran away. But I just absolutely love this whole idea that Sting is Darby Allen's dad and is always going out the way protecting to him. I can't remember how long Sting's been in AEW now, like a year, but he has just become a bigger legend than he already was. Now I'll sign off with my catchphrase, I love Sting. Anna Jay then punched Britt Baker right in the face. I mean, Anna Jay was in the back talking about the Dark Order's woes when Britt Baker basically came up and said, you're a rubbish wrestler and your win-loss record sucks. But yeah, Anna Jay hit her. Now, Britt Baker is looking for a brand new feud right now. I will take Anna Jay versus Britt Baker, especially because somebody else said, well, wait a minute, Adam Cole and Jungle Boy are feuding, and Anna Jay and Britt Baker are in relationships with those two. Why don't we do some kind of mixed tag? Like I said, I read it and I thought, 
Why the flub not? Penelope Ford versus Kira Hogan was next. It was alright. That probably sounds worse than I meant it to, but I do think there were some kind of miscommunication problems to begin with. But when they got into their groove, they really got grooving. And do not forget, this is kind of Kira Hogan's singles coming out party at the moment. Because in Impact, she was more of a tag team wrestler, and now she's trying to show the world exactly what she's got. She did this really cool looking superplex, then followed it up with a bunch of clotheslines and with a bunch of drop kicks. But ultimately, this didn't work at all. Because Penelope Ford was just like, alright, I'm going to hit you with a cutter, and now I'm going to put you in the mooter lock, and you know what, you better tap out. And she did. So they certainly found their way towards the end, and of course Ruby Soho came out afterwards, because she hates the bunny who was out there as well, and Penelope Ford, and she chased them away. So then I was like, alright, why don't we do Ruby Soho and Kira Hogan versus those two? It makes all the sense in the world, it's getting it up. We then had a promo from Miro, and I don't care. I don't care who I am, I don't care who you are, this guy is the flipping best. I mean, the way it was shot for one was the most tremendous piece of work you've ever seen. And he's also lost his mind. He can't believe he was defeated for the TNT title. So now not only is he going to try and annihilate every single human being on the planet, but also he wants to take out other higher powers too. Honestly, Miro is the flipping man. As is Hangman Adam Page, who came out to cut a massive promo and remind us that he is the main good guy facey dude in all of AEW. It was nothing over the top either, and it came straight from the heart. He too was talking to Tony Giovanni and mentioned how excited he was when All Elite Wrestling became a thing, and he thought that he was going to change the world, but really the world has changed him. Good line. After all, he had lost everything and he hit rock bottom and he had a massive problem with alcohol, but the one thing that brought him back to the top and the one thing that brought him back to the ring was the crowd constantly chanting, Cowboy Ship. He didn't say shib, but YouTube will tell me off. He also then told us about what that phrase meant, and he said it means going home and looking after your brand new baby boy, which is something that happened in real life, but it's also getting back on your horse when you get knocked down, which is what I'm going to do now. I have my self-belief, I have my self-confidence, and I'm going to march into AEW Full Gear, and I'm going to become the world champion. And I was like, yes, yes, Hangman Adam Page, you better become world champion. What a story this will be. This dude knows exactly what he's doing. So you could not have played this any better. And if we do get to that pay-per-view and Hangman Adam Page loses, a small part of me will be really pleased and be like, the tragedy, the tragedy is too much. But I don't think AEW is going to do that. And when he becomes the champion, there will be a tear in my eye. It was then main event time as Bobby Fish took on Brian Danielson. And I'm just going to say it, and you know, we can debate it till the cows come home. This has got to be the best version of the American Dragon ever. Up. It was everything that you'd hope it would be too, just two wrestlers wrestling. Because don't forget, Bobby Fish is like an MMA dude and he's got kicks. But Brian is kind of a crazy person and he's got a bunch of these submissions that he's always going to go to. So they just traded and they just reversed and they just transitioned. And it was one of the most beautiful things I have ever seen. I mean, it was just a game of cat and mouse as they tried to fill the other one out. And then of course, Brian did a massive dive. 2021. Brian was then spamming the dragon screw button, which really looked like it had flubbed Bobby Fish up, but then he was coming back with falcon arrows off the ropes, and when they did land, he somehow transitioned that into this leg lock, and to this day, to this day, I mean, we watched it last hours ago, point is it didn't make any sense. Brian was then reversing that though, then they were basically just kicking each other in the face like they didn't know what professional wrestling was, and it all ended when Danielson was able to finally apply the heel hook, and it was one of the nastiest heel hooks you've ever seen. So of course Bobby Fish had to tap out, which was a struggle for him, because he is a fish and he doesn't have any hands. That's the stupidest thing I've ever said. And sure, you could say it was a slightly less, oh my gosh, I can't believe it ending to Dynamite, but if you can't end your wrestling show with a really good wrestling match, 
then what the hell are we even doing anymore? Before we do wrap things up to actually the way AEW Dynamite finished this week was announcing who was going to be in the World Title Eliminator Tournament, and I have them here. It's going to be John Moxley versus Ten which kind of ties into what we said earlier. Orange Cassidy versus Powerhouse Hobbs, Brian Danielson versus Dustin Rhodes, and Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer. Now, it's kind of weird that Adam Cole isn't in this, but put your hands up if you trust AEW. My hand stays up. Which brings us to the end of another AEW Dynamite, and as you can see, I just thought it was a great show. Not the greatest thing I've ever seen, but it just fits so perfectly together, and it's getting it up. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.